What is that? Oh, that's the the. It's probably because he's like tossing up dust. Because he stinks. <laughs> red. Code red. Code red on the the air purifier. Our air, it is unpure. It is. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hey there, hi there. How's it going? Great. So great. All right. (laughs) How are you? Oh, really good. Uh, My head doesn't hurt quite as much as it has all day. So that's good for me. (laughs) Um, You just said you ran out of your tea. Yeah. I'm a big green tea drinker. Yeah. Like a lot of it. Yeah. Because I don't drink coffee. Yeah. And uh, I stopped drinking Mountain Dew cold turkey many years ago. (laughs) And so... uh, So tea's your game. So green... (laughs) He's my game. <laughs> um, so green tea, and I, I order it by the case, uh, pre you know not an unsweetened green tea that I love. Healthy. He- oh, so healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. You're um, big. You're big health nut. I'm an Adonis over here, and uh, <laughs> and I ran out. I didn't time it right, and so I had to you know make some make some tea that wasn't quite as caffeinated is this the Welcome least to interesting tea talk. Yeah. is this the least interesting thing anyone's ever said on a podcast i think it might be i'm sure we said something less interesting than that anyway. i said anyone on any podcast ever <laughs> ever in the history of the medium going back to the Ricky Gervais show or whatever it was first oh solid show remember that show that was a good show um <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we have any uh, topics at the top? Well, this is our first week of Spooky Month. Guys, welcome to Spooky Season. It's October 7th today, the day that this drops. <laughs> and I'm looking around, I'm like, man, real October 7th vibes. Definitely not September 23rd vibes. <laughs> um, but no, this is the first week of our horror month where we just go through our horror DVDs. Yes, which we have a lot of. Yeah. What what was the total at the top of of this spooky season? Um it is at like 209. 209. Yeah. That is so many horror films. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, horror and horror adjacent. You know, some horror comedies. Yeah, some, horror thrillers. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so that's what's going on now. Here we are. Here We're we doing are. it. Are you excited for uh, Halloween? Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Again, notoriously was not a spooky girl. Um, famously. Famously. And then, uh, you know... As I've gotten older, I have learned to appreciate horror films and thrillers and uh, figured out how to handle them, I think, is what what it is. Um, But I and I do love Halloween. The thing and I've always loved Halloween. Yeah. The problem that I have is that I hate pranks and I feel like pranks and Halloween go hand in hand, including like 
even like little like scare pranks. Like, you know, when you would go trick or treating and there'd be a house where there's like a scarecrow sitting on the porch and sometimes it was just a scarecrow and sometimes it was a dude and he'd go, boo. Um, I, if there was something sitting on the porch, I would skip that house. They put the candy in the scarecrow's lap. Right. I remember. Which is dirty and gross. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I guess it was. Right. uh, Uh, but yeah, I like, and I, cause I, I, I hate that stuff i hate it so much um i and i just i don't like uh like i don't go to haunted houses uh for the safety of the actors like i don't really have the the flight part of it it's just fine i'm just gonna punch you in the face right if you try and scare me exactly um so yeah but costumes hell yes candy hell yes a general mood of like ooh, ooh ghost stories yeah. and like magic and like yes i'm here for all of that cult yes um i'm just not here for the like prank scare tactic stuff that's sure. not for me i'm not you know uh, you know if you love that that's great but it's just not <laughs> for me it's not for me great all so right. how do you feel that. about halloween I uh, I love this is my favorite season yes of the year the I love autumn, the weather the yeah love the weather of it uh, I love the uh, sitting around and watching scary movies of it gotta watch Halloween the original yeah um, there's a new Halloween movie coming out there really is it's gonna drop on Peacock I'm very excited about <laughs> it um, because I'm uh, not going to the theater anymore because <laughs> we can't <laughs> Um, but we uh, can't have nice things. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I love it. I, you know, the trick or treating aspect of it is really fun with the kids. It is, it, it, like it is, it is a little stressful with the kids a little bit, not because not it's, it's magical and wonderful, but there's a, there's a street in our town where like is, is the street where everybody goes to. Yes. They go all out. And I don't like that. I think right. you should trick or treat in your not in your neighborhood you can travel to other neighborhoods i don't think that there should be one street destination in a town yeah and this is like to the level of one you like you said you've got people from other towns driving in to go trick-or-treating on this one street and it is apparently a thing that they warn you about when you buy a house on this street right. it's that intense and it's like there are like pools for helping them buy candy there's like there's there's a lady on the street who she's the book lady and she just has a ton of books instead right. of candy which is such a great idea but it she is like works at a publisher right or yeah something, something. but it is intense and when we first moved here we took the kids up there and by we i mean i because you weren't home from school uh school <laughs> you were you weren't home from work yet so i took them up luckily luckily uh our oldest daughter was dressed as Rey from Star Wars, and the little one was a baby still, so she was BB-8 in right. her little stroller. And uh, the older one kept running off, you know, and it was dark and it was super crowded, but she had a lightsaber. Right, exactly. So I could keep track of her, which was great. Right. Um, but yeah, it's intense going it's up there. Yeah. The past couple of years, we've not, we've skipped that and just yeah. gone low, like just like around our block essentially. And it's been lovely right, with some exactly. friends. It's great. And you know, they don't, the kids don't really care as long as they come home with a sack full of candy. Yeah. They don't really care. But going to that street, I was there for, for the Yeah, rest. yeah. You came, you, yeah, yeah. you came later. Yeah. But, but. Going to that street with the kids was so crazy. And yeah. we could see our daughter, but there were parents. Because the other thing is, it's a um, 
uh, affluent street. Sure. So the lawns are very big. Yes. So kids are running like across the, like hordes of children. Yeah. And they don't shut down the street. Like they can't. Yeah. Sh- so there's just cars driving through. Right. Very stressful. Yeah. I am against a centralized trick-or-treating location in a town. <laughs> I am for uh, disbursement, a, a diaspora situation uh, for trick-or-treating. And Let's um, talk to the mayor about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. No central, no central trick-or-treating. <laughs> right, exactly. Just everyone go. Spread the wealth. Yeah. Um, question for you as we, uh, as we kick it off. Yeah. We may have done this exact question last year at this time. I don't think we did. But maybe the maybe. answer's changed. Maybe. What is the most scared you can remember being from a movie? Oh. Um, um, and let's do at home and then also in the theater. Okay. Uh, home was definitely session nine. Yeah. Which I'm sure I've, I said that last year too. Yeah. Session nine is... is the most scared I've been from any movie ever. Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I really hope it comes up this season because I haven't watched it in so long. Yeah. And I would be really interested to know if it's still... Because I feel like I watched it at a point where I was sort of transitioning into spooky movies, but right. not quite there yet. Um, and just trying really hard and thinking, oh, this won't be that bad. And then right. we watched it and you were like, so what'd you think? And I was like, we're, we can't talk about it. Yeah. I, I And I refused to talk about it because yeah. I was so scared. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to relive any of that. I was like, I'm blocking that out. Um, yeah, so that was definitely at home, the most scared. In the theater, it's got to be a tie between uh, Scream, which again, I it came out. It oh, was yeah. It was the movie to see. So little people pleaser me couldn't not see right, it. Right, and we were like 12 or 13 or whatever. Yeah, and I saw it with my sister. I saw it with Avery. Oh, wow. Um, And she, she like, has always, you know, did not care about scary movies and right. was just, like, delighted in the fact that I watched it with my fingers and my ears and over my eyes and just, like, right. trying not to actually consume it. Right. <laughs> um, tie between that and when we saw... Uh, <sighs> Strangers? The Strangers. The Strangers. Um, Which we... Was that the one where we went to the barbecue festival? Yeah. And then... So we went to the barbecue festival in New York. Yeah. Um, uh, Madison Square Park, I think? Yeah, one of those. Ate a bunch of barbecue, and then we're like, oh, we'll go to this theater. It was like the middle of the day. Right. Middle of a Saturday. Middle of the day. We go, and we're like, oh, we'll see this scary movie. That'll be fun. Not only is that movie terrifying yeah. and like very well done, but there was like one other person in the theater yeah. sitting like a few rows back from us. Yeah. And I like there was a moment where I was literally I was like, I was like, is he here to murder us? Did yeah. he come to see the murder movie and then he's gonna murder us? Yeah. Uh, uh this poor man, he, I'm right. sure he was fine. He right. didn't he wasn't doing anything. Right. In my brain, he's like in a trench coat and like hunched over and you know, you know, looking very sinister. I'm sure I made just that a up. Dude. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a like dude a guy trying to enjoy a movie. A movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are my my two. What about you? I this is embarrassing, but I and I probably said this if we talked about this last time, but mm. like probably the same. Like oh really? <laughs> not the same. Session nine, I remember seeing on DVD by myself. Right, because we, yeah, because you had, when we watched it, you had seen it. Yeah, and, I, like, being alone in my house, or not alone, I guess my parents were there and they were asleep, probably. Mm. But, like, 
just that feeling when a scary movie ends that I I don't I haven't had this feeling in years and years over a decade mm-hmm. but being terrified after yeah. a movie ends and yeah. I just chasing that high forever <laughs> you know what I mean of like oh I, I don't want to walk through my house I don't want to do I'm there's someone in the room with me like mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah um session nine was definitely that feeling I also remember that feeling like the first time I watched Halloween which then I think I, I uh which I loved, and I love like Halloween is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And I then remember sh- like visiting you at college and showing you <laughs> Halloween and being like, "This is, I mean, get ready for this movie. You're gonna flip your wig or whatever." <laughs> and you were laughing throughout. You were like, "This is dumb." And I was like, "Well, this is disrespectful. This is just disrespectful of me, of John Carpenter, of Jamie Lee Curtis." <laughs> Um, and yet we remained together. And yet somehow you were able to push through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I do remember that. I do remember laughing at Halloween and feeling like this is very stupid. Yeah. The strangers in the theater, for sure. I remember feeling, oh, there's someone behind me. Oh shit. Like just that visceral kind of feeling. Um, I do remember getting, and we talked about this on the episode. I do remember getting freaked out by paranormal activity in the theater. Yeah, like, yeah, I but was, not I as, w- like, like yes, yeah. absolutely. Like, it definitely, Paranormal Activity was very much, and remains, one, one of those where it's just like, you know what I mean? But right. not necessarily, I don't necessarily leave, I don't know, I don't know. I wasn't scared leaving the theater, and we, we talked about this on the episode. Like, yeah. I was fine, you were, like, a little freaked out, and our friend Kevin was like, uh, can we keep hanging out, please? Because I'm not going yeah. to my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and like Blair Witch, I'm sure I was, was very say, scary. Blair Witch, yeah, for sure too. Blair um, Witch is a big one. I remember seeing that with my dad, and that being like, yeah, that last um, scene, forget it. Yeah, and that, <laughs> and also, and I, I, I swear we talked about this before, so I apologize, but like, I think I saw Blair Witch, knowing that it was fake. Oh, really? But I also think like it was still it was still like a little questionable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like you saw the preview and you were like, Oh, that's, that's real. And yeah. then going in, I think I, I realized that it was fake, but I, I think I was still like, it, it existed in a middle zone. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. You yeah. Know, where, yeah. I, where I could still like kind of how, you know, kids get old enough and they don't, if you if you interrogated it, they would not say they believed in Santa, but they kind of go with it. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah, yeah. That's uh, where I was with the Blair Witch, <laughs> my <laughs> Santa Claus. But I remember that being a pretty visceral horror movie experience in the yeah. theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's some good horror movies out there. Hey, horror movies. Have you heard of them? Have you heard of them? We like them. Okay. Um, should we dive in here? I think it's time to dive in. Let's dive. Uh, y'all. Y'all, you're not gonna believe this. What? What? We watched two movies. Two movies. Two of them. We watched Cabin in the Woods from 2011 and Ravenous from 1999. Uh, Let's kick it off with the Cabin in the Woods, shall we? We shall. 2011, directed by Drew Goddard. The IMDb summary is... Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's an interesting summary, and that's uh, 
as much as should be said about this film. Yeah. And I love that. If um, you don't, if, and I think I remember that from the um, marketing campaign too. It was very much don't tell the secret. Like, yeah. You know, there's stuff happening here that is going to blow your mind, but like, don't share don't, it and don't spoil it. You have to, it's not, this isn't your, your, your grandpappy's horror movie or yes. whatever. So with that being said, we are also going to say, obviously we are going to spoil the absolute shit out of the cabin in the woods and, uh, a little mini spoil before the spoils. <laughs> we love this film. So please, 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 please. If you have not seen the cabin in the woods, Cannot recommend you going and watching it before listening to this. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to blanket statement that for this entire section of Cabin in the Woods. Uh, as, cold, as cold as possible. It's a 10-year-old yeah. movie. You probably know. You probably know. But it. if you don't, if you're still in that magical, beautiful space where you don't know anything about the Cabin in the Woods, hit pause. Go watch it. Yeah. Come back to us. Because um, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so... We haven't done uh, the pop-in in a while. We haven't done the pop-in. Let's talk about the pop Which is our famous talk- segment. Popping uh, off. What, what, popping off, that's what it's called. Popping off. Where, about what you what happens when you pop in the disc. Yeah. And there's a couple things with it. There's horror movie trailers on it. Mm. And there was one that you and I were both like, what is this movie? I've never heard of this movie. And the preview looked like really good. So good. It's called The Possession. Right. And I just wrote The Possession trailer, yes, please. And then in parentheses, Jewish Exorcist. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. like. It looks really good. It looked really good. I, we have to check it out. We'll have to follow up with everybody. Yeah. But um, I had never heard of The Possession. And, I, and it was like, yeah. it's so, I've never, in the entire time of doing this podcast, I've never encountered a preview on a DVD that made me say, I want to see that movie. Right. And the previews on DVDs are always like, oh, it's like Van Wilder 7. And <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, especially for 2011. Right, Like a exactly. 2011 trailer. Okay. So anyway, so that. And then also this movie has a thing that I hate. Oh, yeah. Where the menu is a spoiler. The menu is like a the spoiler. Menu, you know, the, and, and it's not... Um, it's not that much of a spoiler, but it's enough, you know, anything that gives away anything tone wise or anything like that for this movie is a spoiler. Right. And it's interesting, too, because because you're right. And I agree with you. Menu is a spoiler. That sucks. Don't do that. But the thing that's interesting about this film is that the thing that is that is spoil getting spoiled in the menu is immediately shown. That's true. So and and I read an IMDb trivia thing. So this is uh, written by Joss Whedon. Who sucks, but is a lovely writer. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, it was written by him and Drew Goddard, I right. believe. And then they kind of like went back and forth about who's going to direct it. And, and, you know, it's it sounds like Joss was like, sure, Drew, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and, but they said with the opening scene, they wanted to almost trick audiences into thinking that they'd sat down in the wrong theater. Right. Because the opening scene, you're at like a, you're following uh, Bradley Whitford and I don't know Richard the other guy's Jenkins. Name. Richard, yes. National um, Treasure. Yes. And you're following them as they like get their coffee. They're at a huge like facility somewhere right. just shooting the shit before they hit the desk. Yeah. And it looks like, like they work for like maybe the, the defense department or something. They're just yeah. kind of like. Uh, exactly like getting coffee. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, what is this? Um, and then we go to 
the co-ed girl dancing in her underpants, packing for the big trip, right. you know, and, and then we start this, this movie, um, which is a very interesting tactic. And, and you're kind of in and out with them and the four uh, main people. Four? One, two, five. three, four. There's five. There's yeah. five of yeah, them. Yeah, it's cutting It's right there in the summary. Five friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it cuts between uh, this facility and these five friends. Um, and here's the big spoiler. So uh, what you come to find out is that these five friends are going, they're on vacation to this cabin in the woods. But it turns out that this cabin in the woods is uh, orchestrated um, and they, when they get there, they, everything is controlled. There's a tunnel that they go through to get to the, to the cabin and it gets blown up so that they can't escape. There's some sort of force field in right. the big like ravine. Um, and there's cameras everywhere and they're feeding pheromones into the woods to like try and get them to have sex. And um, they have them go down into the basement and there's all these things in the basement and every thing represents a monster. Right. And whoever like picks the one, the thing first, uh, that's the monster that they let loose on them. Right. And it's all to appease uh, the gods. Right. So exactly. <laughs> so there's like, this shadowy organization, mm. which runs this facility that is like a essentially a simulation of a cabin in the woods, like an Evil Dead style. It's yeah. very like you you know it sets it up to be very like archetypical horror movie yes. thing set up. And even it, the char- even the characters are right. The Virgin, the Jester, the, the, the Jock, jock the, scholar, the smart yeah. guy, yeah, exactly. The and whore, so, right? And <laughs> so they like you said they let loose a monster on them and as they die their blood is gonna appease these like Lovecraftian elder gods and if they don't do it then these gods will rise up and destroy the earth yeah and it's you know the 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 so you watch I don't know uh, not really. Like I was gonna say, you watch like thirty minutes of it, thinking you're watching a normal horror movie. But like you said, it starts, it starts in this facility. With that. Yeah, and you're like, what is going right. on? Right, and that facility stuff is very. I mean, so okay, so watching this this time, watching it at the time when we saw it, mm-hmm. I remember it being like, oh, this is very clever. And yeah. it, I mean, it's like, if I had one word to describe the the tone and feeling of this movie, it's clever. Yes, like it feels. I like, mean, that's the the tone and the feeling of Joss Whedon. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that this time it really, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, often, uh, never mind. Anyway, so, um, I remember seeing it at the time being like, oh, this is very clever, like, and a, and a fun, it's, it's a fun movie to watch, you know, especially if you love horror movies because it, um, there's so many references to kind of like horror cliches and it's a new way in the way that like scream kind is of is a love letter. Yeah. yeah and it, this feels like the same thing. Exactly. Deconstructing yeah. it, but this is deconstructing it in a totally different way. Yeah. Which is interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, well, there's even like twists within the, you know, kind of, uh, the, the love letter aspect of it all. Yeah. Like, so the, the jock, 
who is played by uh, Chris Hemsworth. Right. Uh, right before he got Thor. Right. Pre, um, just which pre-Thor. Is, yeah, which is very funny. Um, he plays the jock, but he's very smart. Right. Um, so he's not dumb, and the, and he's not like, and there's this whole thing where uh, at one point in the cabin, they're they're pumping stuff into the air, and they've done something to their, their keg that they have, and basically just to turn him into this caveman. Right. And the guy who plays the jester or the fool right. um, is like, when has he ever acted like this? Like something's going on. Right. He's, and they he use, doesn't do this. And he's like very, hair, yeah, they use the hair dye to make the blonde dumber. Stupid. And, yeah. And so they, they, you know, they're, and the this. virgin, sorry, sorry. And the virgin is not actually a virgin. She had an affair with her professor. Right. But they're like, they're whole, there's a running joke throughout it where it's kind of like, well, close enough. Yeah. Because she's just like, has an air of innocence about her, but right, she's exactly. not actually a virgin. Exactly. So they're like essentially creating a horror movie, this, this yeah. shadowy organization. And, um, but the thing I was saying, the thing that like struck me this time watching it was how influential this movie is just mm. like how so much of what is happening now, like I was like watching this I was like oh this is like um like WandaVision or especially like mm-hmm. all this all the like comedy in it and I think it has to do with the fact that like Joss Whedon directed the Avengers and is it you know it's all like the DNA of Marvel stuff which is the dominant kind of uh blockbuster movie now yeah Watching it this time, it was like, oh, this feels like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Not in tone necessarily, like, horror-wise, obviously. Yeah. But just in kind of, A, um, references and cleverness and tying things together that you've seen in other movies. Right, and and, then, the, and how comedy is injected into it. Exactly, yeah. and how, like, oh, we have this one kind of movie, but then it, we stop for, like, a comedic beat that is genuinely pretty funny, usually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... And so watching it this time, I was like, oh, wow, this movie is like really kind of key mm-hmm. to understand, understanding a lot of movies right now, I think, which yeah. is a weird, I don't know. It, it, no, I see what you're and saying. And like something like WandaVision really struck out, stuck out at me as like very heavily influenced by this in terms of creating a like a simulation and, and an organization right, that's and, watching you and yeah, right, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, this, it's also funny because it's, it's got a lot of comedy in it, right? Yeah. You've got the organization, uh, there's this whole scene where they all take bets on which monster they're going to unleash. Right. Um, there's just a ton of stuff like that. There's so right. much comedy and especially because it's interjected in between the five friends and this place you're, you're, you're. It doesn't feel this way, but you are ripped out of your horror film right. to have a little bit of comedy, and then you're back in your horror film. And it doesn't feel disruptive, but that is what's happening. Yeah. Um, and it's that is like very cool, I think. Like it's just such a good job. Yeah, no, of that, melding is, the two. But this is the thing about <laughs> this movie is that it's so like I wanna say, like, oh, the cleverness is really annoying to me. Right. But it's not. Like it's, it's a really it's like a very a uh, smart movie, and that to me is not like my favorite kind of movie. I want to like feel things, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really like feel a lot when I'm watching the yeah. cabin in the woods, yeah. Besides just being like, this is really smart. They really yeah. like. They really nailed this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they really. Yeah. They- well, and also because it is, it is also genuinely scary. The scary parts, like 
the jump scares in this yeah. are on point. They do. They I do. hate jump scares, yeah. but the jump scares in this are so good. Some even when they're predictable, they're it made me jump every single time. Yeah. The the monster that they end up choosing genuinely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that thing you mentioned about the scene where they're taking bets. That's like always the thing I remember from this movie is that board. The whiteboard. The whiteboard yeah. where Richard Jenkins is keeping track of what everyone who works for this organization is taking is placing a bet on which of these basement monsters is gonna pick. And they're all like horror movie types. It's right. All, it's like, oh, there's like a Hellraiser figure and there's a, uh, what they end up going with, which is zombie rednecks. Yeah. You know I mean? And then there's also zombies, which right. is a different thing. A different thing, and yeah. Mermen and Merman. And, Merman, and, and then there's also one that just says Kevin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which is great. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but, and the thing that is so smart about the movie, the thing that like watching it this time, I was like, man, again, very smart, mm-hmm. is that the horror movie you know, the horror movie part of it, like, comes to its climax. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I guess that that's it. I guess the movie's over. Yeah. And then, but no, that's the end of, like, again, I hate to talk like this. I always say this, but, like, that's the end of, like, the second act. Right. There's a third act where all hell breaks loose, like, in, and where they, you know, the, the, our heroes find their way into the organization and, yeah. and get access to everything. And it's like the thing watching it this time, and I, you know, I'm a broken record. Uh This movie is 95 minutes. And you think (laughs) about how much is in it. Yeah. How much, like, you know, not everything needs to be plot driven, but how much plot is in this movie and Mm -hmm. how well it's done and how quickly it moves from thing to thing. And like the full like world building and journey that you go on in 95 minutes. Yes. That scene in the end, you know, the, the, again, spoiler for the end of the movie, but like essentially our heroes get into the facility after they, they're the, um, Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford who are running the whole simulation think that they've killed everyone. Right. Cause the Virgin has to die. The Virgin is optional, but she has to die last. Right. And everyone else is dead and she's being killed. They think they're popping champagne. The elder gods are are uh, appeased. appeased, and then um, they get a phone, mysterious phone call, and they realize like, oh shit, one of them survived, and two of our heroes, the virgin and the jester, the the weed guy, the, the weed man, yes, the weed, man. the weed man, um, <laughs> he, they make their way into the facility and take their revenge by letting every monster loose. Yeah, and that is the last sequence of the movie, and it is fucking. It's like, great. It's so great. It's just every horror movie thing in but one. Yes. And it, then, yeah. But it's also, it's also, it's also Joss Whedon. That is a thing you yeah. know he's good at is creating monsters. Yeah. There's like a ballerina, like a little girl ballerina. And she turns around and her entire face is a mouth with six rows of sharp teeth. Yeah. And it's, terrifying yeah exactly and this is but then this is what he does is he is creates monsters so it's it's all of the classics that you know and the ghosts and the goblins and, and, new, the, yeah. and then these new super creative there's a flying purple people eater yeah which there's is like which is like stems. what yes there's a unicorn oh my gosh it's so great it is um, really great and it's it's so satisfying and fun to watch yes. and like all that stuff. And yes. it's very, you know, it's very clever. Yeah. Very smart. It's just such a smart thing. And that, that structural <laughs> the thing, 
<laughs> that like structural thing of ending the horror movie part of it and then oh no but there's the climax of the real movie yeah and then it's just so smart. Yes. All. I'm trying to figure out how to talk about this because there's a fun fact that I have for you. Um, but there's something about the end that I don't want to spoil. And it's a, a character and it's a, a cameo. Um, and oh. I don't want to spoil who that is. So I'm not going to say who it is. So there's a character towards the end that is a cameo and it's fun. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it because... I feel like, one, there are people who have listened anyway who've said, oh, I'm not going to fucking watch that movie. I'm going to listen anyway. And uh, two, there are people who have watched it, but it was a long time ago, and they don't remember who it is. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to spoil it for you. So, Great. But the point is, uh, they wanted for this cameo and almost got, but then it fell through, they wanted Jamie Lee Curtis. I was going to say Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. It feels, it feels, it's such a good cameo. Yes. That being said, it's great, a great cameo. It's such a good cameo. It feels like... How Angela Lansbury shows up in the end of Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, yeah. And you're like, you're like well, that's supposed to be. You're like, that's great, but that's not who. I that's know not... that's not who you actually wanted. wanted I know who yeah. you actually wanted. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Another fun fact. Ooh, we love the fun facts. Get ready for it. This is pretty great. Uh, we'll call back to a few episodes ago now Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, the woman who played Nancy, yeah, whose name I don't know. I'm sorry, uh, but she was on the makeup crew for Monsters for this film. Oh, that's so and cool. her husband also did like makeup stuff. So that's, that's very cool, right? That's a cool thing, right? Fun fact. Uh, um, I will say so the the you know the Joss Whedon-y dialogue I know can get uh, grading to some people. Yeah, for sure, especially because it just feel it often. It's like if the person doesn't sell it right or, or or even not, if they do sell it right, it's like it can feel written and and, mm-hmm. and that's the balance with, with anything really. Yeah. But <laughs> with anything. Uh, with in, in life. In life. <laughs> um, but Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins are so good. Chef's kiss. Wow. Richard Richard Jenkins is like one of my favorites. Is the dad on Six Feet Under. Yeah. And he's he's in this great movie called The Visitor and like he's in so many great movies. But um he is so good in this mm-hmm. and the way they, the fact that those guys are able to sell every bit of the like kind of cutesy dialogue. And I don't mean to insult the writing. No, no, it's, no, a, it it's is. a beautifully it, written movie. Like it's so smart. Right, but, it, but it is crafted within an inch of its life. Right, it's exactly. that thing where it's like you either like the Gilmore girls or you don't. You either That's like Joss true. or you don't, you know, like <laughs> you either go with it or you don't. And yeah. as you said, it either works or it doesn't. Right. And it, works beautifully but those guys those guys really sell it and there's a couple there's like one or two jokes in here that um don't land as well because of the the take that they use or or from or the the performance or whatever it is Mm -hmm. so but those like every beat with those guys works for me it's really crazy because you can see it going up a different direction yeah um i do want to just very quickly i i you know i feel like we keep we keep talking about Joss and I keep saying fucking Joss Whedon. Uh, I do just want to very quickly say that, uh, it's infuriating. It's infuriating that he sucks. Well, it's you're, infuriating. You're, you're Buffy. I'm a huge Buffy fan. And like, it's, ever since I've kn- known you, one of the first things I knew about <laughs> you was that you loved Buffy. Yes. And I still love Buffy and I'm able to separate the two. Um, but I want to acknowledge that Joss Whedon, uh, a lot of stuff has come out about him since the Buffy days mm-hmm. and onward. Yeah. And 
it just he's it seems like he's not a good dude and he did not foster a good environment on Buffy. I imagine the same was probably true for this film. Um, and it's so incredibly frustrating because he is known for creating these strong, amazing female characters. Um, and he always talked about how he was a feminist. And I think he, I, I believe him, but uh, it's it's incredibly frustrating. And I just want to acknowledge that Joss Whedon is a bad man. <laughs> um, and just because he can write well does not excuse the badness. And I don't want totally. it to seem like we are celebrating him in any sense. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I just, I just felt the need to to say that explicitly. I, I love it. I yeah. love it. No, yeah. I, I, I never had a strong connection to Joss the dude. Like I liked Buffy mm. what you introduced me to Buffy and I, I liked it and I, I liked Firefly, I guess. And, mm-hmm. Um, but I was never like a Joss head. Yeah. And so like, I, I could almost forget that he wrote this. You mm. know what I mean? Except for you can't really because of the dialogue. Because it's so him. But yeah. maybe, I don't, I'm not saying this is better or worse, but I, uh, so it never, for me, it was never, it was like, uh, it never was that difficult to like separate art from artist. Mm-hmm. But I know for a lot of people it was like, oh, they were like so devoted to like Joss the Dude. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and again, it's like I said, he's known for being a feminist. He's known for, right. which is uh, unfortunately a big fucking deal. Right. Um, he's known for writing these strong female characters. He, you know, there were all these stories about how everyone would get together at his house and just like do Shakespeare. And I was like, yeah, he seems like a really awesome dude. Like, yeah, what a nerd. I'm down. And then it was like, oh, no, you fucking suck. Yeah, 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 totally. So I think that's, for me anyway, why it's so disappointing and, and just like, oh, yeah. this is why we can't have nice things. We truly can't. Ugh. Um, great. Oh, very quickly, my yeah. last note, the bike jump scene is the best. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. For so many reasons. Chris Hemsworth fucking kills it. He sells it. He kills it. The speech he does before is amazing. Just, it's incredible. And I had never, it's not that I'd never noticed it, but I I think this viewing was the first time I really was like, oh, that was beautiful. Right. Right. That's one of those moments. That's one of the, I mean, like. Avengers has those moments too. That, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we just watched Avengers with the eight year old. Yeah. And the moment where uh Hulk where they, they Hulk takes Thor and just Loki. Oh Loki, sorry. It's just, oh no, he punches Thor out of frame, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um but he takes Loki and just starts bashing him on the floor like yeah. again and again. And uh, you know, I'm not describing it well, but <laughs> it is a very like just record scratch kind of moment that I remember in the theater people loving and then watching it with an eight year old and she was like dying yeah dying it was so funny and this movie has a couple of those moments too awesome all right all right is it available um if you got peacock you got the cabin in the woods baby (laughs) that's what they that's what their tagline should be wow I one more thing to say about the cabin in the woods before we move on is th- so I don't want to. You were you're right. I don't want to like spoil the very 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 end of it mm-hmm. because if somebody you know let's leave a little yeah. whatever I guess I don't know why, but I love the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, I love any movie that like is like shut it down. Yeah, 
like this is not a franchise. Yeah, burn it to the ground. Right. We've done everything we wanted to do in 95 minutes. Goodbye. Yeah. And it's weird to say this about a Star Wars movie because that definitely is a franchise, but it reminded me of like Rogue One in that way. How does Rogue One end? Rogue One ends with all the characters who you Oh yeah. Like, who you just met dying. And I think they're <laughs> I think they're making a prequel series about one of the characters now, so like I'm just lying at this point. But it did remind me of that feeling of being like, hey, thank you. For just, just like a movie. Right, just a thank you for just shutting it all down. <laughs> I really love um that uh aspect of this. Anyway. I love it. Great. Great. Okay. Um hey. What's the connection. Well, Richard Jenkins, the aforementioned yes, yes. America's sweetheart, Richard Jenkins, <laughs> and David Arquette. David Arquette. We're in a movie called Bone Tomahawk in 2015, which is a Kurt Russell Western, also with cannibals. Wow. So David Arquette has some cannibals. Spoiler experience. for Ravenous. Spoiler for Ravenous, sorry. <laughs> um, all right, our next movie is Ravenous from 1999, directed by Antonia Bird. Lady director, lady director. <laughs> um, IMDb summary is, in a remote military outpost in the 19th century, Captain John Boyd and his regiment embark on a rescue mission, which takes a dark turn when they are ambushed by a sadistic cannibal. Wow, spoiler right in the Spoiler summary. right there, too. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> I mean, the movie starts with him getting him, like, with all those shots of those steaks and stuff. You know what you're getting into. I mean, yeah, but I think there's a moment where you could think, like I said last week, I said, uh, I was like, vampires? And you were like, no. And I was like, all right. There's a moment where you yeah, could have thought it was vampires, vampires or zombies or, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so this movie is... It's not. It's cannibals, you guys. It's cannibals. <laughs> Uh, it's cannibals. Um, <laughs> Oops, all cannibals. This movie is a real old fave of mine. I, like, love this movie. And I remember, I had not seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out. Obvi- obviously, this DVD is from 1999 or 2000. Yeah. Like, um, it stars Guy Pierce as this... Uh, Mexican-American war hero, but not really a hero. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, it comes come out. Come to find, yeah. Come to find that he was kind of a coward and that he um, only survived by faking his death or whatever. And then, so he gets shunted off to this outpost in the middle of nowhere in California. Mm-hmm. In, like, the mountains of California. Right, mountains of California. Um, and then, exactly what the summary says, they, he's, you know, he's getting used to it. He's a very, like, stoic kind of sad man <laughs> he's a sad man um, you know that you meet all the characters who live there there's only like six other people who live there mm. David Arquette and Jeffrey Jones <laughs> speaking of bad people yeah. oh man Jeffrey Jones <laughs> the Dennis Hastert of uh, of movies he um, <laughs> it's always so weird when he shows up cause it, it's like he's not even that good well, see, I just I think oh. he's, I think he's great, but he's I, great in Beetlejuice. He's great in Beetlejuice. He's great in Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller, but like, yeah. Anyway, and, but I think you know I don't obviously I don't think he's great, right? Because <laughs> he got he was uh, arrested for uh, possessing child pornography. I think. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but anyway, Jeffrey Jones is in it, um, and he's getting used to life at this outpost. Uh, Robert Carlyle shows up as like, oh, I just came from this terrible experience. It's like Donner Party like experience. Please like save me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Robert Carlyle, by the way, who I love, I just watched uh, 28 Weeks Later, mm-hmm. which is a sequel to 28 Days Later, yeah. which he stars in. Mm-hmm. That movie's really good. <laughs> like, 28 Weeks Later rules. Yeah. I, I don't remember it very well. We saw it in the theater, and I, like, didn't remember it at all. Do we own it? No. We don't oh. own either of those. All right. Well. Um, but that movie's so good. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm taking so long. I'm sorry to describe this movie. It's okay. So he leads them. He was like, he's like, I just there's a there's a uh, there's cannibals in the woods essentially. Right. Like I got we got stranded and we started eating each other and now like there's people trapped with this cannibal in the right. Woods. There's a there's a woman yeah. trapped. Right. I'm gonna lead you to them. To, I'm gonna lead like this regiment to them. Yeah. So they go, and uh, chaos ensues. Cannibals. Uh, all this stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. The movie is weird. It's a weird one. But I, <laughs> you, had not seen this movie. Had never seen it. Had never heard of it. Had never heard of it? Had never heard of it. I didn't speak about it in 20 years of marriage. Mm-mm. I guess we weren't married for 20 years. We're not married for 20 anyway, years. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, I want to know how you felt about Ravenous. Do I want to know? I want to know. I mean... Uh... Okay, here's what I'll say. <laughs> here's what I'll say. Uh, given some distance from it, yeah, I think I've I've found some things to appreciate it, appreciate about it. Okay. When it ended, I was, uh, I mean, I was falling asleep. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I was very tired, and that's not usually actually a reflection of how the film is going, but uh, but uh, I. Uh, I don't know. Um, I love that you love it. Great. I think that's I'm, I'm great. not going to take it personally. Uh, if you didn't, okay. you could say I hated it. I mean, we start. We start the movie with vomit and like sure. super bloody meat. Yes. Yeah. Which is not like my favorite. It's not like a great. Not your favorite thing to see. Yeah. Um. Uh. It lo- I, it looks really good. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It looks like, it looks how it should look without looking like shit. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, like, so the transfer on this DVD, the DVD is from 1999 or whatever. Mm-hmm. The transfer isn't like stellar and, but it's like watching it. It's like, it feels like film in a weird yeah. way mm-hmm. because it's not clean. Yeah. And I, I, I agree. I, I looked like grimy and yeah. really, it really nice, which is a weird thing to say about a DVD, but it looked really exactly the way it should look like yeah yeah definitely um uh okay i so there's a whole thing again you guys we're gonna spoil some stuff for ravenous in general we spoil these movies sorry (laughs) um but uh pause now and go watch ravenous because it's great don't listen to her (laughs) but so there's an aspect to this where um uh, essentially being a cannibal gives you superhuman powers. Like yeah. you, if you eat other people, you heal. Yeah. Um, and you're also like really strong and fast and yeah. like, I don't know. Um, and they sort of explain it with, uh, a, a native American tale. Yeah. I don't love, uh, what I will say is that for a movie that was made in 1999 that features, uh, we're going to explain this, this superhero thing via a native American tale. It was, it was not 
as bad as you would expect that to be. Do you know what yeah, I mean? As yeah, yeah. problematic. Yeah. Um, I don't think that means that they necessarily treated it with the respect that it might deserve. I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't know if that's a real um, right. American myth. You know what right. I mean? Well, that thing that, I and mean, I think that it's that I think you're right to bring that that thing up as a a weird, sometimes racist trope of yeah. like you know, uh, oh, there's this Mexican folktale, there's this Chinese uh, myth, whatever it is. Yeah, it's all very looped in with the like magical Negro trope that sure, happens. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so um, yeah, that can be definitely problematic. Yeah, I think, like, and I think that in general that tends to really color a movie for me and, and make it not sit well. But that being said, I, again, I, I, I don't know that it was necessarily problematic, but I also don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I know what you mean, but that's um, like, that's, I mean, you're, you're not wrong and I'm not like, I, I hear you. I validate you. I see you. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's one aspect of the movie that's like one not small but that's like one kind of uh, yeah like how how was the rest of it for you how I'm like tr- how, I'm trying to get there man Jesus <laughs> um I didn't find it scary okay um obviously if I was uh hiking through the mountains and uh everyone turned into a cannibal that would be scary yeah um but I think the combination of uh, the time period it set in after the Mexican American war, which like, I don't, I'm not a history person, so I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't even tell you when that was. Like, I don't know. Civil war. It's like 1840 something, I think okay. is when they, when they said, yeah. Yeah. Like I just don't. Uh, so I think it's partially that, like there's a disconnect there and then there's a disconnect from like, um, uh, cannibals being like that. You know, I just think there's, there's all these things. There's, Vampires, werewolves, cannibals, da, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. And there are things that scare you and there are things that don't scare you. Like, for example, zombies don't really do it for me. Sure. I mean, like, that would be scary, obviously, if right, I encountered a zombie, but yeah. it doesn't... Um, it doesn't tickle doesn't, something in your yeah, brain. Yeah, and uh, cannibals are very similar to zombies, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, in the same way that, like, vampires don't really do it for me. I mean, I like vampire stuff, but it doesn't sound like it's not scary. scary. Right, yeah. Um, so I, so it wasn't super like scary for me. I, the performances I thought were really good. I, except for Guy Pierce, I really did (laughs) not like, I really, cause it was just this weird, like he just looked and it's not his fault. I think that he was doing what he should have been doing. Um, I just didn't like it. Um, the other guy, uh, yes, he was phenomenal. Like he was great. Just like a a perfect villain. You know what I mean? And, and not over the top, but also, also a little little campy finger drummy, you know, and just, just a tinge of that. It was beautiful. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, it's a great title. That's a <laughs> ravenous, All right. All great right. title. I love that word. Love the way it feels when I say it. It, uh, speaks to what it is about. Although I, I maybe I needed more like desperation because like, so obviously this guy like tricks them. He tells them his whole, you know, like he was a victim. He got away. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. this guy Calhoun, who Robert Carlyle plays. Right. And tricks them into coming back and then essentially murders all of them. Right. And, you know, but like so there's not a ton of like of like just eating 
Like there's a part that, where he like cooks them, cooks the somebody, and they eat a stew. No, that is actually my big criticism of the movie yeah. that I have is that's my I love the movie, but my I think they don't. There's not I, I like watching. It, I wrote down like there's not enough close-ups of this climactic stew. <laughs> I want to see the chunks of meat. Yeah, the chunks of meat. I want to see them. I want to see... There's one part where you see... I think it's Guy Pearce uh, cut off a slice of someone and eat them. But it's very quick, and it feels very much like they didn't want to piss off the MPAA. Oh, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, that could be it. There's... there's, um, I think the only... Look... Uh, you, now you're getting me to talk bad about Ravenous, so <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. I'm sorry. But the um, the only criticism I really have, otherwise otherwise a perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only criticism I have is that it doesn't, the cannibalism itself does, isn't like visceral enough. Yes. You know? And especially because, I mean, again, Ravenous, it's, it, like, it's kind of a joke, but it's also for real. It's a great word, but it, it is an extreme. Yeah. It is ravenous. It even sounds like I'm ravenous. Like that sounds like an extreme. And then it's kind of like, yeah, there's some cannibals. Like a dump in a stew. Here's a stew. You know, it's just, you, you want more. It's like the bones are there, but, but the meat, the meat, where's the meat? Well, uh, where's the human flesh? It's one, uh, one woman's opinion. Um, Yeah. Um, sorry. Very quickly. It felt very much, funnily enough, it felt very much like Interview with a Vampire, but cannibalism. Like, that overall tone and feel. Yeah. Because um, Interview with Vampires is the same kind of way, where it's like this weird thing where it's like, there are vampires, but it's not, like, scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you only see them, like, bite people, like, a couple times. Yeah. And it's kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. You're going to have vampires in your vampire You're going to have cannibalism in your cannibalism movie? Yeah. Um dinosaurs on your dinosaur talk. Um, but yeah, so it, it had the same mood and I, I fucking love interview with a vampire. Well, get on board with Ravenous. Um, so, <laughs> so I think maybe it's, it's, it's honestly just a case of, uh, cannibalism, not tickling that horror thing sure. for me, whatever right. that I've is. I've let you speak enough. I think <laughs> honestly about this. All right. Uh, you said your piece. <laughs> We get it. Just in general. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, I'm gonna. Here's what I'll say because I don't think I would bet a lot of people have not seen Ravenous. Yeah, I agree. And so I'm gonna defend it now. If they're still listening, even <laughs> after that, I'm gonna defend it for a couple minutes. Please do. It's great. Uh, it's really good. The end. No. Um, <laughs> no. But the thing. So Robert Carlyle is so good. The it's a it's a it's a weird tone because um, it's kind of a comedy. Like, there's funny moments in it. Are there? Yeah, my time. <laughs> it's my time now. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jeffrey Jones is like doing some. You know, if you can, if you can, if you can get past the child pornography. <laughs> oh God. Um, my famous catchphrase that I'm always saying. Um, you know, he's doing some funny stuff. Jeremy Davies is kind of David Arquette. They're all like, I mean, I, you know, I also don't think you can have Jeremy Davies and David Arquette in the same movie. You have to pick one. Who's yeah. Jeremy Davies? He's the guy who's like, he was licking me. Like, 
Oh yeah, the, the like from um, uh, secretary, right? Yeah, from secretary, the yeah. uh, religious yes. guy. Yeah, the, you know, the, uh, David Arquette plays like uh, again the weed guy. Yeah, there's the weed guy in every <laughs> horror movie, um, Weedman, and then Jeremy Davies is like the he's an aspiring priest or pastor or something. I don't know, um, but they're both giving pretty off kilter performances. I think Jeremy Davies is is always known for like kind of. Uh, oh, that's how you read that line. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean, like in a, in an interesting way. That's a choice. Yeah, that's a, that's a big swing, and we love him for it. <laughs> um, I think there's a there's a, a horror podcast that I listen to sometimes that I like a lot. Uh, that uh, shout it out. What's it called? It's called uh, with Gorley and Russ. It's Matt Gorley and Paul Russ, and they go through horror franchises. Love that. And I. Um, listened to it a lot last year and I really, I really like it. And the thing that they talk about a lot that I really connect with listening to that is like the coziness of some horror movies Okay. of like just feeling like a warm blanket or something like feeling like, Oh, it's like an autumn night and there's a killer on the loose and there's a fire going and Friday the 13th is big on coziness. Okay. This movie is very cozy for me. Like very co- like it's snowing and they're they're you know there's stews and they're having bourbon and they're like i don't know it's i get such a warm feeling from it is one thing <laughs> um mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that it has some great sequences in it the sequence when they arrive at the cave and then the chase and then the cliff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i really like that sequence a lot i remember like i remember that thing of him of uh guy pierce and robert carla like fighting on the cliff yeah and again uh guy pierce being a full coward like yeah throughout the entire movie which mm-hmm. is great i think yeah. um, no i think that's a great it's 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 an interesting uh Way to go with your main character. Yeah. Um, like, again, it feels very Brad Pitt in Interview with a Vampire of, like, oh, this yeah, yeah, yeah. put upon I this coward. I yeah. don't want to be a vampire. I don't want to eat people. Yeah. Um, and that's very much how he comes across. Right. Uh, I just didn't love his performance. I just didn't love... Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I it's, got you. It's I'm very, not, but, it, but it's also I'm very not trying possible. To change your mind. I'm no, trying to reach one person out here to go rent <laughs> ravenous. That's it. It's very possible that I just, I just don't like that kind of character. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, I like the off kilter feeling of the movie. I like that it doesn't feel like the editing of it is very is often very kind of um, uh, off kilter. I guess is the right word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Choppy, but that sounds like I'm talking about Saw or something. Yeah, or like they've made a mistake or something. And doesn't yeah. it all feels very purposeful and right? And, yeah, and I yeah. like that a lot. Um, there's, you know, the Native American stuff. I think is not how you would do it now. Yeah, and I think that it it is uh, like I. I'm not giving the movie a pass on that. I think that the movie, it's still. I'm not saying it's like oh, oh I um. Uh, I'm not saying it's a great portrayal of Native Americans or particularly kind to them or, or anything like that or, or dignified for them. Um, it does have some Native American actors who I don't think are are doing much. Oh, you know what? There are some stereotypes in there. Never mind. Yeah, but, there are a few. Yeah, but exactly. I'm not defending not... it. I'm not defending it, but I do think that the movie is about Manifest Destiny. I mean, very like bluntly at, at certain points about like you know, the American like consumption kind of 
at all costs thing. Um, and that's like the metaphor that they explicitly state, you know, later <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Like there's a scene where Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle are, are talking about like cannibalism represents manifest <laughs> destiny and there's an American flag <laughs> waving in the background. And I, that sounds like I'm making fun of it. I love it. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Um, so, I mean, and that's not to say, like, the movie still centralizes white people, and it's still, like, you know, I'm not saying it's, like, the wokest movie ever, but mm-hmm. um, I do like that aspect of it. Um, yeah, it's just, and also, like, you know, we'll talk about it, but, like, the nostalgia factor for me, this movie is, like, off the charts nostalgia factor. I love it. Yeah. That's all. Ravenous, baby. Ravenous. <laughs> well, we're torn on Ravenous. <laughs> We're a bit torn on Ravenous. Yeah, it just didn't uh, didn't work did not work for me. Okay, well maybe we'll watch it again and we'll and no, I'm good. I think I'm You're good. good. Um, great. Is it available? No, you got to buy it. You, it's not on any not streaming services anything. or anything like that. Unsurprising. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here we are at the great impasse. It's another impasse. So here's the thing. Mm. Two weeks ago, we kept both. We made a donation. Yeah. Last week, we got rid of both. We did. We could use our save from last week. You want to use our save <laughs> on Ravenous. I don't want to get rid of Ravenous. You can't, you can't watch it on streaming. And the DVD looks good, and it's a fave. We get rid of Cabin in the Woods. No, we're not getting rid of Cabin in the Woods. What are we going to do? Pick a rule? All right. How many rules are there? Uh, there's seven rules. All right. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Pick a number between one and seven. A random number between one and seven is seven. Uh, seven is call Michelle and have her decide. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. Because she doesn't watch horror films. Okay, so this is... Uh, rule the, number seven. Rule number seven, which <laughs> is the second Michelle rule, which is uh, call Michelle and have her decide. She, <laughs> so we do a thing where, and please send in rules if you if you have please. any ideas for how we can decide. Uh, and this was sent in by Michelle, and she suggested that we call her, and she has to decide what movie we're getting rid of. All right, let's let's give this a try. <laughs> God, this is so weird. Hi. <laughs> Hello, Michelle Ward. How are you? What's happening? Hey, well, remember when you uh, sent us a rule for our podcast where you said that we should call you if we, if we can't decide what we're going to get now? rid of? Is it happening? It's yeah. happening. It's all happening. Oh, my gosh. So you... Oh, my God. Okay. So you're going to be very excited because these are... It's it's spooky season and okay. we know okay. how much you love horror films. <laughs> So I don't know any of the horror films at all. Well, you're going to have to decide. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So, okay. so your choices are The Cabin in the Woods or, uh-huh. or Ravenous. I don't know either of those movies. Great. I've Perfect. never even heard of Ravenous before. So, oh, no. Are you, you're, you're like fighting over, are you, you're both, you're, we're fighting. Yeah, you're we're obviously, fight. I mean, I've, I've listened to every episode. I feel like I'm about to make someone really mad and it makes me feel upset. <laughs> but I don't know either of those movies. 
Well, do you, are there any questions you'd like to ask that we can answer before you make your decision? Not too many questions. Okay, not too many questions. Um, you have you have three questions you can ask. Okay. Um, uh, I, I have no questions. I don't, know. I don't know what I could ask that would help me make a decision. Um, like, do either of the movies give like anyone nightmares? No. No. That's one is, question down. Okay. Is anyone like vehemently opposed to one of the movies? Like, I hate this movie so much. I don't want this in my house. No. Uh, well. You didn't like one of them. I, yes, I did not like one of them. Okay. But are you like opposed? Are you like, I do not want that. God forbid it gets to the hands of one of my children. It would be no. terrible. Like, no, it's not. It's not as serious as that. Not that bad. <laughs> Okay. Are either one of them, like, campy funny horror? They're both trying to be funny, I would say. I would say okay. one of them succeeds more than the other. <laughs> well, you would say that. Okay. I think you would also okay. say that. <laughs> I I think I'm going to pick Cabin in the Woods because that's the one I've heard of. To stay or go? To stay. Yes. Boo. <laughs> Okay, well, Liza, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Mike, I assume this is the end of our relationship. It's been a really nice run. It has been nice, and uh, uh, best of luck to you in all your endeavors. <laughs> I love the Michelle role. That this is really fun. I love it. Thank you so much for your contribution. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. 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 Yeah, fine. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to get a Blu-ray anyway. That's what I'll do. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Ravenous, thank you so much for your contribution. Uh, You had so much potential, but unfortunately you did not make the cut. Um, You lived up to your potential. You're a great movie. Try again next year. Um, We'd love to see you after some training. You know what I mean? Are you doing Making the Cheerleader Band or whatever that show's called? Making the Cheerleader Band? Texas Cheerleaders. What's that show called? Oh, the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah. Making the Team? Making the Team. I was doing just like any audition for any theater company I've ever done. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) uh, Great. Sorry, Ravenous. Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Uh, thank you, Michelle. Okay. Okay. Should we pick our next spooky season matchup? Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 209. A random number between 1 and 209 is 33. 33 is Copycat from 1995. Copycat. Copycat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I... I watched that film so much well, as a child, which is, again, very funny. Yeah. You're going to watch it again. Oh, it I haven't seen those, it in forever. Yeah, I haven't seen it in forever either, but I definitely saw it a bunch when I was a kid, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, yes, this is an this adult is, movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. This is a movie for adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching it now. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, well, we'll save it for next week. Hey, save it for next week. All right. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Hey Siri, mm-hmm. pick a number between one and two hundred nine. A random number between one and two hundred nine is one hundred fifty three. One hundred fifty three is from uh, two thousand two. Mm-hmm. The ring. Ooh. Very spooky. Seven days, man. Seven days. Um, I have a weird. I'll talk about it this week. I have a weird relationship with this movie you do not really oh okay <laughs> not really weird at all but it just like 
Well, I we'll save for next yeah, week. Save for next save week. Save for next That's week. Fine. Copycat versus the ring. That's an interesting one. We've yeah. got like a like the ring is like a modern classic, I would say, but very uh, a very specific time period of of horror films. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Copycat is this weird '90s anomaly. Right. Like like uh, trying to be Silence of the Lambs kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's that's great. I love this. I love it for us. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you dress up in a costume this Halloween. I don't care what your age is, you can still dress up. Even if it's like subtle and clever, it doesn't have to be a whole thing. Or it can be a whole thing. If you're like a cosplayer, get down, man. This is your time to shine. Okay, listen. <laughs> Come back next week and see who survives. DVD. Deathmatch. <laughs> what, did I mess up? You didn't say DVD. Oh, I thought you were. All right, sorry. No, I mean, we'll know. <laughs> Deathmatch. <laughs> no, we'll just leave it. We'll leave it. Right. <laughs>